0: help or answers or solutions can come from the places where you're not looking, which in fact is often the case. So while my arm was in the dog's jaws, at one point I just paused and it felt like a long time, but I'm sure that it wasn't. And I just tilted my head back and I looked at this wide blue sky. I dropped an F-bomb and I thought, What am I going to do? So I looked over my left shoulder, hoping to see someone out for a walk, and there was literally no one. I was completely alone, on my knees, at a fence with a dog who wanted to get me on the other side. And as I describe this, I wonder about you. Is there a situation in your life where you feel superbly stuck and alone? Welcome to Rise Leaders Radio. I'm your host, Leanne Mallory. As a leadership coach, I work inside organizations and I focus on helping leaders achieve their whole person potential and meaningfully contribute to their organization's mission. With this podcast, I share leadership best practices, developmental approaches, and stories of exemplary leaders. A few weeks ago, I had an experience that was traumatizing for me. It was horrible, and I continue to learn a lot from it. I'll be using this experience to share with you a few ways to move through a jarring or perhaps a traumatizing event. A note of caution first, and that is that I'm not a trauma psychotherapist or a coach. So if you or someone you know has had a traumatic experience, please seek the appropriate help. I feel that the support I received was enough for the level of trauma that I experienced. And that's what I want to share with you today. And in fact, several of these approaches I actually use in my coaching quite frequently. So I've put links in the show notes in case you want to look into some of the ways that I found support. And you may be wondering right now what a conversation like this has to do with leadership. And I say a lot. First, if you have a team or an organization that reports to you, chances are that you'll come across people who have had or will have experiences that perturb their nervous system. You may be providing support to someone who has become destabilized and they don't know it. I didn't know how destabilized I was, and I coach for a living. I consider myself pretty self-aware, and I was not aware of the state that I was in. Also, you may find yourself in a situation where you're knocked off your game by external events like an argument, a natural disaster, a car wreck, even a robbery, or an unexpected dog attack like me. It is super important that we not bury these events because they will show back up in our lives and most likely through responses or reactions that come out sideways in ways that we don't intend. The bigger the organization you lead, the bigger the impact your behavior has. So I'm going to share the situation briefly, but the situation is not what's most important. It's what I learned from it. And with any reflection, there are levels and layers. And in fact, I think that my process will continue. So one level is just telling the facts. I had to fill out an affidavit about the event and all they wanted to know was exactly what happened. Where was I? Where was the dog? Where was my dog? etc. cetera. The next level is more of a reflection, which is where we take a deeper consideration or begin to make meaning of this situation. And then the final level is more of a contemplation, which I liken to meditation or kind of amusing. And contemplation takes a deep and wide type of attention. You're probably not going to do much contemplating within 10 minutes. So here we go. A few weeks ago, me and my dog, Remy, who is a nine pound Papillon, were attacked by a pit bull with a head the size of a basketball and you can relax. Remy the dog sustained only a sore neck where she was picked up by the dog. The dog let go of her because I was yelling and beating it over the head. And when it let go of her, and by the way, she ran off and left me there by myself, when it let go of her, it grabbed me and held on until it got tired of me beating it on the head. Luckily, this dog was on one side of a fence and I was on the other or the damage could have been much, much worse. So this fence was missing a large plank and that's how it even got its head through. So I ended up with a slight fracture to my right wrist and on the x-ray you can actually see the fracture in the shape of a dog tooth. I also needed stitches in two different places where they clean the wound and check the bone and all that kind of stuff. I'm really doing fine. I'm healing fantastically. And this was not the way that I intended to start my week. So this was on a a Monday a few weeks ago. So like I said, I'm still processing that I wanted to share with you some of these insights. And the first one came like immediately. And that is that help or answers, or solutions can come from the places where you're not looking, which in fact is often the case. So while my arm was in the dog's jaws, at one point I just paused. And it felt like a long time, but I'm sure that it wasn't. And I just tilted my head back and I looked at this wide blue sky I dropped an F-bomb and I thought, what am I going to do? So I looked over my left shoulder, hoping to see someone out for a walk. And there was literally no one. I was completely alone on my knees at a fence with the dog who wanted to get me on the other side. And as I described this, I wonder about you. Is there a situation in your life where you feel superbly stuck and alone? The only thing I knew to do, and it was really appropriate, was to start screaming again and hitting again, and it worked. I got free. And as I stumbled from the fence, there was a woman right there on my right side, coming to help me. She wrapped her arm around my waist and walked me to her house, sat me on a bench, got me some water and a cold rag. She and her family got into coordinated action with each other in a way that looked like they did this every day. My deep gratitude goes to Julia, Maricela, Emily, and Raul, thank you. So the question is, Where are you not looking for help or support? Where are you not seeing that there's actually support or help there and you're just blind to it? You may need someone to help you see past your blind spots. So that's the first kind of one level of insights. And the second learning came from a friend of mine, a dear friend, Renee, who I spoke with on Tuesday. So I was still in the hospital waiting to be released. I'd had my surgery, all that stuff. I shared with her the story and that I planned to go back to work on Wednesday. I had a big week I had work that I was excited about doing, and quite frankly, I really needed to do. And after listening to me, she paused and, with a shaky, kind of tearful voice, she said to me, Leanne, you have to choose. You can go on with life, pushing through this as if nothing happened, or you can see what there is here for you to learn. You have to choose. In the power of TED or empowerment dynamic language, Renee was my challenger. She was taking a stand for me. In somatic language, she provided kind of a virtual grab in order to get my attention, to really make me listen. In retrospect, I can see that I was still in some state of shock and writing on the fight or flight chemicals that were still coursing through my body. If you asked me, I was fine. I was ready to get home and get back to life. But I trust Renee implicitly. I called the client I was co-facilitating the workshop with and I bowed out. They were 100% supportive and quite frankly, likely relieved knowing that I wasn't going to be on my game. And by the way, I don't think I came out of that shocked state until like Wednesday or Thursday. So do you have the will to lovingly grab someone who's in trouble? Are you willing to offend someone for the sake of their well-being? And is there someone you work or live with who is circling the drain and needs your grab. On the flip side, are you open and trusting enough to the people in your life so that they can save you from yourself? So just think about the grab. Can you grab someone? Are you willing to be grabbed and to listen to wake up? So after Renee's advice, I knew that I probably needed some body work in order to help get my nervous system settled again. And I ended up using two modalities, network spinal and polarity therapy. Myofascial release is also great and likely my next step. During my network spinal session with Levi, I felt movements in the center of my body that I can only describe as movements of energy kind of tingly, but with enough mass that I could feel a pattern. And the visual that has popped up for me is one of like the flocks of birds or starlings that you see that just take on these organic and fascinating shapes. And that's what it felt like. That's what the energetic shift felt like in the center of my body. But the big insight and cause for further reflection came when at one point during this first session, my head became the dog's head, which was startling. But as a result, I felt compassion for this dog as a fellow living being and a sort of kinship. And here are the questions that came to me at that time and then over the next several days. What kind of environment caused this dog to behave this way? What kinds of life experiences result in an owner that seemingly disregards another living being by leaving it in a backyard by itself all of the time? And here's some questions that came later that are a little bit like dream analysis. In what situations do I bark and bite and not let go of my position? Where do I overreact? Where am I vigilant? And just looking for something to go wrong so I can spring into action. Now, I mentioned dream analysis, and I believe that this form of analysis um, is based in Carl Jung's work, where he sees or he saw dreams as a spontaneous self-portrayal, a sort of mirror. And there are ways where you can use different aspects of your life in this same way. So how am I like the dog? How am I like the owner who I have labeled as irresponsible? And how am I like the family who helped me and so on? In my polarity session with Anne, which was the next type of body work that I engaged with, she asked me to imagine different outcomes of this event and she kind of backed me up and say, well now imagine that this didn't happen, what would have been the result? So we went through this scenario, not in uh, planning, but just looking at different types of scenarios, not as an attempt to trivialize it and wish it away or pretend it didn't happen, but in an attempt to take the charge out of it. And it worked. I have walked by that house several times with no reaction. And I really do think um, that it has a lot to do with both of those bodywork sessions. I also engaged in various grounding activities and relaxing activities like soaking in Epsom salts which has the result of relaxing your muscles and also it's a very sensorial exercise where your you know you feel the water, you feel the heat, etc. I also did breath exercises that are meant to calm the nervous system and in particular a type of breathing pattern that has a longer exhale than inhale, which has the result of quieting the nervous system. I also moved, and I walked, my movement was walking, and I included work on the senses in my walks. So I didn't listen to podcasts, and instead, I took turns focusing on the different senses. So I would spend a bit of time just listening to sounds birds, winds, leaf blowers, etc. Smells, who's cooking bacon, who's barbecuing in their backyard, who's just painted their house, sights, and feels like the sun, the wind, and the shade. And as I turned the corner in my quirky neighborhood, I saw a newly painted mural that said you are not alone and I thought no I'm not. The final thing that I want to tell you about is that I journaled. So a few times I just opened a page and just wrote one word feelings or emotions uncensored even if it was petty and there were plenty of four-letter words written on those pages. Then I graduated to sentences. And sometimes I will write in third person. Uh, when I write in third person, I'll say something like, I see you're feeling X. And it just gives me a little bit of distance. It reminds me a little bit of uh, Charles Dickens in The Ghost of Christmas Past, where I'm kind of floating above myself and just watching and saying, huh, I see that you're feeling this way. So I'm also including in the show notes some journaling resources. So those are the five things I did, or these are my five learnings. Help and answers, solutions, can come from places where you're not looking. In fact, they likely will. Do you have someone that can grab you and make you face reality? Engage in body work, various grounding activities, breath work, movement, the five senses, those kinds of things, and then journaling. So it's three weeks later, and I'm doing really, really well. Stitches should come out tomorrow and I'll likely be in a splint for a little bit, but that's okay. I hope you find this helpful. I want to emphasize again that I am not a trauma therapist, but these things were super, super helpful for me. Please reach out if you have any questions and thank you for being on this journey with me today. And I wish you a world of well-being. Take good care. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to Rise Leaders Radio on your preferred podcast platform. Your ratings, reviews, and shares are also really appreciated. You can also visit rise-leaders.com for all the resources we talked about today and to work with me if you're committed to making your unique and positive impact. Thank you for listening. And remember, elevate your part of the world.